0: Hey there, I'm Catalina Villegas. I'm the host of Roly's Experts Explain Everything podcast. Roly is the platform where journalists find experts for their stories, It is created by journalists for journalists. And as a journalist myself, I love to find fascinating people on Roly, experts with so much knowledge and insight, and yet it really makes it past the headlines. So today, we are chatting with Kim Parker. She's the Director of Social Trends at the Pew Research Center. Kim, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for
0: having me. Well, the Pew Research Center just published a report on the latest worker trends, and you actually co-authored that report. Congratulations. Thank you. So, can you tell us a little bit about some of the most important findings?
1: sure i'd be happy too so well as you know and everybody knows there's just been a lot of change and churn in the labor market in recent years with the pandemic and then the move towards the great resignation a lot of people leaving jobs and making changes and and then the whole you know, transition to working from home. So we were really curious about all of these things and about how workers themselves were experiencing them. So what we found at a very kind of macro level was that only about half of all workers are feeling very satisfied with their jobs overall um they're more enthusiastic about some aspects of their jobs than others so the things that people feel the best about when it comes to their jobs tend to be relationship oriented so they're highly satisfied with their relationships with their coworkers and their bosses and they really value those things but they're less satisfied when it comes to their pay and their opportunities for advancement at work and interestingly when we did some surveying last year around sort of in the aftermath of the Great Resignation when a lot of people had left their jobs. We asked people who had left a job in 2021 why they had done so. And those two factors that I mentioned that people are less satisfied with their pay and opportunities for advancement were two of the driving forces behind people leaving jobs during the Great Resignation. So that was kind of interesting.
0: That is very interesting. You also found that older workers are more satisfied with their jobs and more likely to
1: find work enjoyable and fulfilling. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. I thought those findings were so interesting. And, you know, Though they make up a small share of the labor force overall, only about 7%, we did find that older workers are among the most satisfied with their job overall and also with various aspects of their job, including their relationships with their coworkers, their bosses, their day-to-day tasks at work. They're also, as you mentioned, more likely to find their work enjoyable and fulfilling and a lot less likely to find work stressful and overwhelming compared with younger workers. And a couple people have kind of focused on these findings and asked us, why is that? And we don't really know. It's hard to glean from these findings why older workers would feel differently. We almost have to take another look at this now that we've found this little nugget. But it may be that sort of a self-selecting type of dynamic. So it it could be the fact that older, that people who stay in the labor force longer are people who are more content with their work or have always enjoyed work. And that's why they're staying on. So we don't really know, Mm. Uh, but it's fascinating to see, or it may also be, you know, part of the process of aging and just becoming more comfortable and with yourself and with your, you know, maybe not being quite as ambitious as you were when you were younger and just feeling more content about work. So it's definitely something that we want to explore a little bit more because, um, yeah, it's really interesting. And, and there's a lot of why questions that go along with it that we aren't able to answer just from this little look at the data.
0: Yeah. Now, we are living in a post-pandemic world, as we talked, and hybrid and at-home work has become so mainstream. Can you give us some data points on whether workers are generally happy or unhappy with this change and what kind of impact maybe it's having on other aspects of work life?
1: Sure. Just to give you sort of a an aerial view first of all of of what the numbers are because if we've been tracking this since 2020 in terms of the shift toward remote work and what we found in our most recent poll that is that about a third of workers with jobs that can be done from home are working from home all of the time and that's down a little bit from when we asked the same question last year we found 43 percent were working from home all the time and it's down from 2020 october of 2020 which was the first time we asked the question obviously You know, the kind of the height of pandemic lockdowns. Mm -hmm. But we had asked people in 2020 what was their situation? Previous, prior to the pandemic. And at that point, only 7% said they worked from home all of the time. So just a seismic change in such a short period of time to go from now having a third of workers working at home all of the time. And we found also in our most recent survey that 41% of workers with jobs that can be done from home are working a hybrid schedule. Um, so working, you know, sometimes in the office, sometimes at home, and that's up from last year. So as slightly fewer people are working from home all the time, it does seem like a lot of workers have kind of settled into this hybrid schedule. And when we did ask these questions of um, workers who were working from home last year in 2022, why they were doing that like what's the impetus for working from home because we knew workplaces were starting to reopen Mm -hmm. and we saw a real shift at that time from the necessity of working from home to working from home being a choice so that kind of occurred last year which was interesting and then last year and again this year what we found is the the biggest upside to working from home that we hear from workers is the ability to balance work and family life that's by far the biggest plus but also we found a lot of workers saying they feel more productive. They can get more work done, and they can, they have a you know better ability to meet deadlines when they're working from home. So those are some of the really you know positive things that people have experienced with this shift.
0: You know, one of the other findings in as it relates to working from home um, that I found really interesting is that there are people that say that they can telework, but they rarely do. Did you get a sense of? why that might be?
1: Yes. And we, we have we have certain people in our office who fall into this category. So we kind of think of them when we think of this set of questions, because there are some people that come in every day, even though they don't necessarily have to because their jobs can be done from home. And so we were really curious what the motivation was there. So in our 2022 survey we asked workers who could work from home but said that they rarely or never do you know what were the reasons for that and the main reasons were that they said they feel more productive when they're at their workplace and just that they prefer they have a preference for being at work mm. but they didn't point to limitations with the ability to work from home it wasn't a resource issue and they also didn't say they're going into the office to get more face time or have opportunities for advancement they really didn't voice and they also said they weren't getting pressure from their, from their coworkers or their supervisors to work in the office. So it was really more of a preference and just sort of a feeling of, well, I just feel like I can be more productive at work. So that's why I come in. And then we asked again in our most recent survey, um, why, or whether working from home or whether working in the office was helping or hurting certain aspects of work. And there we found like, and this is the biggest difference between the workers that are in the office consistently versus those who are working from home. A lot of the time, there's a more of a feeling of being connected to your coworkers when you're in the office. Mm-hmm. And so 41% of the workers who rarely or never work from home said that working in the office helps them feel connected. Whereas when we asked the at home workers about connectedness, we had about half of them saying that it actually hurts their ability to be connected to their coworkers when they're working from home. So that seems to be the biggest upside for these folks that do go into the office consistently. But when we asked about a bunch of different aspects of work, whether um, working being in the office helps or hurts opportunities to be mentored or the ability to get your work done or chances of getting ahead, majority said it really doesn't make any difference. So I think what what my takeaway from this is it's more of a, of a like style preference for people. Where do they feel most comfortable and most productive in terms of choosing in the office or at home, but these, but these arrangements don't really seem to be impacting opportunities for advancement for workers. And I think that's really interesting. And the other thing they don't seem to be impacting is productivity, which I think from an employer's perspective is, is important to know.
0: Oh yeah. And now a lot of um, cities and uh, places are actually considering four-day work weeks which is fascinating mm-hmm. that's another trend that we're starting to see I almost wonder if the folks though that are feeling um like they still want to go into the office despite having that opportunity to telework or telecommute or maybe some of the older workers that have mm. always felt more comfortable that this is like this is kind of like how their work life always was and that's kind of the only way that they feel comfortable uh, working. That'd be really interesting to take a look at how it goes
1: by age, right? I think that would be really interesting. You, You get to a pretty small segment of the workforce when you're looking at people with jobs that can be done from home who rarely or never work from home, and then trying to look at it by age, we run into sample size problems right. in terms of being able to slice and dice the data. But I think your theory makes a lot of sense, um, and and I'm sure there were people who had a hard time adapting to the technology of working oh, yeah. from home. You know,
0: right? Which is another great point. And actually, one of the things you point out in your research is that. The lower income jobs, most of them can't be they mm-hmm. they can't be done remotely, right? And so there is also a, a difference here when we're talking about um, teleworkers or telecommuters or remote work. It's really a, a subset of uh, jobs, and they tend to be higher income jobs, right?
1: Absolutely, and I think that's something that often gets overlooked in these conversations because so many journalists and you know high-income workers have these jobs and they're interested in knowing what's the impact been. But the reality is 60% of U.S. workers have jobs that can't be done from home. And so during COVID, of course, there was a whole different set of stressors and, and challenges that those workers faced in terms of their own safety and how to navigate their day-to-day work. But a lot of the conversation has centered on this, um, you know, work from home and hybrid work Because it's a big change and people are just really interested in it. But you're absolutely right that there's a a big segment of the labor force that doesn't even have the option of working from home.
0: Yeah. Speaking of um, lower, maybe middle income workers, um, your study found that they tend to be uh, not satisfied with their pay. I'm wondering how this compares maybe to previous years and if inflation might have had maybe an impact on these respondents.
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. We we did find income differences across several of the measures that we asked about. So lower income workers were less satisfied overall with their jobs, much less satisfied with the benefits that they get from their employer Um, and also, as you pointed out, less satisfied with their pay. Um, And in terms of inflation, we didn't ask about that specifically in this survey, but I do know from other surveys that we've done at the Pew Research Center that inflation has been very much top of mind for all Americans and was in 2022 consistently seen as the most important problem facing the country. So I think that when it when inflation is high and pay isn't keeping pace with it then that's going to become an even bigger concern particularly for lower income workers so i think that um yeah i'm i'm sure that th- those things go hand in hand absolutely
0: yeah and you just mentioned benefits and um the study says that workers Say that it's very important to have a job with paid time off, but then nearly half say that they don't take all the time off their employer offers. That just seems contradictory. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yes, that was so interesting and really resonated a lot with um, people who were reading the report. That was one of those findings that jumped out to people when I hadn't necessarily anticipated that it would. But yeah, so as you said, we found out almost half of workers say they take less time off than they're offered, even though when we asked people about how much they value certain benefits, paid time off was very high on the list of, of valued benefits. It, it was more important to people than having a retirement plan or having family leave and some other things that we asked about. So it's, it's a priority for people, but then I guess when it comes right down to it, they may not end up taking all of their time off. So luckily we had a follow-up question where we asked people well why don't you take your time off if you say it's so important you know yeah and we found there that about half said that they just don't need all the time they're given so they must be taking some but not all of it but then significant shares said that they worry they might fall behind if they took all their time off or also they also worry about the impact that it might have on their coworkers. a significant share said that as well people weren't so worried about um you know, losing opportunities for advancement if they took all of their pay or being penalized in some way. But the reasons also differed significantly by income, and I thought that was really interesting. So. Lower income workers who don't take all their vacation, they were more likely than middle and upper income workers to say that they worry about losing their job and that's why they don't take all their time off. Mm. Younger workers worry that it might hurt their chances for advancement. So that's why they said that they're not taking all of their time off. And then for higher income workers and workers with a bachelor's degree or more education, they worry about falling behind. So for them, it's more of a workload issue. So it was interesting when we dug down you know, below the surface a little bit, we found that the the reasons really vary depending on workers' circumstances.
0: Hmm. That's fascinating. Um, You know, something that really struck me about this report is that uh, four in 10 Black workers say that they have experienced discrimination or they've been treated unfairly by their employers. It seems like very uh high number, do we have data on what kind of discrimination they faced, and maybe how these numbers compared to previous years, if there's been maybe an increase or if maybe people are just reporting it more?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, um you're right it, it, that is a very high number forty one percent and um they specifically said that they'd been treated unfairly in hiring pay or promotions because of their race or ethnicity, so first, I wanna share with you the numbers for other racial and ethnic groups, because then you can really put that, um, the share for black workers in perspective. So 20% of Hispanic workers said that they had been discriminated against in that way. And 25% of Asian workers said the same, and only 8% of white workers said that they had been discriminated against. So that sort of puts the, you know, puts that 41% figure in, in a broader perspective. And we didn't ask in this survey about specific Things that people might have types of discrimination that people might have experienced in the workplace. But we do have a really interesting set of findings from a survey that we did a few years ago, specifically of STEM workers. So those are, you know, workers who work in science, technology, engineering, and math. <laughs> and we know overall that that black workers are underrepresented in those fields. And then we asked them, black workers who do work in STEM occupations, whether they had experienced certain things in the workplace. And I'll just give you a couple of the numbers because they're really striking. Um, We found that 45% of them said that they were treated as if they were not competent. And that compared to 3% of white STEM workers, we found that 29% said that they felt isolated in their workplace compared to 4% of white STEM workers. And 27% said that they earned less than their coworkers that were doing the same job and that was compared to three percent of white workers so those are very specific occupations i don't know that these findings would translate into other types of workplaces but i just think they're really interesting and very striking and then we know more broadly in the work that we've done on race and racial attitudes that most black people believe they're treated unfairly in a variety of settings so in a survey that we did in 2019 we found that of Black Americans said they were treated unfairly dealing with the police, 87% by the criminal justice system, 82% in hiring, pay, and promotions, 74% when applying for a loan or mortgage. So this is just to underscore that these feelings of having experiences with discrimination or feelings of unfair treatment translate into other realms of life, not just the workplace.
0: These are really significant numbers, Kim. Thank you for sharing all of that. Really important data points uh, for our politicians and um, lawmakers to keep in mind, um, because those are very, very concerning numbers. Thank you for sharing Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Um, This is a very comprehensive study, and I wish we had time to go into (laughs) every single data point, but I would love to hear overall from you. What surprised you the most from your research?
1: Well, gosh, we've talked about a lot of the interesting, interesting findings already. Um, I think that, to me, just sort of tracking the change in work from home and the shares over time, especially as a as a woman, as a working mom, thinking of the the years when my kids were really young and and never having that option to work from home and wishing that I did, and just always you know, I always used to wonder, what will it take to change things? And it took a pandemic. I mean, the seismic change that we've experienced and lived through just in the last three years, I just think is so striking to go from the, you know, single digit numbers of of workers who could work from home prior to the pandemic to now you've got, you know, people, a third of workers who have that option doing it all the time, four in 10 of us working these hybrid schedules. It's just so striking how quickly it's occurred. And now we're all just almost taking it for granted. You know, here I am sitting in my house talking to you and it feels so normal. And it's just something that we never would have even been able to attempt before. So I just think it's been fascinating to watch those changes unfold. And, you know, it's it's fun to be able to do the research on it and, and report out the findings.
0: Totally. What do you hope uh, maybe is done with that research? How do you hope it's used?
1: I don't know. I mean, I think some of the things that we've touched on today, like that, I I would hope that you know, we we or others could do more research on older workers and find out. You know, what are the what are the dynamics contributing to their feelings about work, and I think that um, you know, as we pointed out, some of the findings about the different experiences that workers have. Um, And how they vary based on their race and ethnicity are really important and interesting. There's also a lot of gender differences that we could, you know, dig into a little bit more in terms of how women and men are experiencing work. And we actually have some more research coming out in about a month, taking a deep dive on diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts in the workplace coming out of the same survey Mm. and looking at how many people like what does that look like in people's workplaces do they have those initiatives at work is there a is there a designated leader how does that you know what impact is it having so we'll have some more research coming soon on those topics which i think will be really fascinating
0: yeah i definitely will and i encourage everyone to visit the pew research center website and check out some of these really fascinating reports and studies kim parker the director of social trends at the pew research center thank you so much for joining us Thank you so much. It was really great to talk to you. You can learn a lot more about Kim and hundreds of other exceptional experts by visiting Rolyapp.com. I'm Catalina Villegas, and you can always connect with me on social media at CatalinaOfficial, that's O-F-F-C-L, on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Until next time.